Bush and Richie here with your Home Time Show podcast. Uh, can I just say, uh, just a bit of explanation. Obviously, I've been cycling in since we've come back the other side of lockdown and all yep. that kind of stuff. Uh, and so I'm wearing, and I apologise to you, Richie, because you're always quite smartly dressed, but I've just gone right back to basics. I'm just wearing shorts and lycra leggings and trainers and trainer socks and a tatty old top on a daily basis. It's interesting. Um, uh, only earlier on today, when uh, you and I were uh, sat in our in-depth planning meeting for today's show which yes. happen every day in depth it's really in depth uh i was sat having an internal uh, dialogue with myself thinking when did i last see bush in a pair of jeans this is it because i'm cycling right there's no point wearing jeans because if he gets soaked it's the worst thing on this planet yeah. and weirdly as we're talking now it's tipping down outside yes. so it's kind of a bit of accidental foresight by me uh but can i just say Having got into this thing of just wearing... Because you see people sometimes like going to the shop in sports leggings and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, you're kind of people that have opted out and kind of given up. Given up. up. Yeah. Uh, it's something amazing about it. There's something <laughs> liberating about it. Right. Wearing sports stuff when you're not necessarily doing sports. Although I guess I am cycling, mm. but I, I, I feel like I'm going to take this look into the other parts of my life. I would urge you, if you're listening to this, even if you're not doing any sports, you're definitely playing badminton or playing tennis, get yourself some sports kit and walk around in it. I've got two words for you. Go on. Slippery slope. <laughs> what do you mean? Where, where's this going to end up, do you think? Uh, it doesn't end up somewhere there's no, good. There's nowhere else off this cliff. No, because you are, you are already immediately not trying with your appearance. Yeah, yeah. OK, yeah. so the next thing, you'll start not trying with something else. Maybe it'll be your driving. Possibly. Maybe it'll be uh, controlling your mouth so you don't swear while we're on the radio. Yeah. All these things, they have a knock-on effect. You've got to watch out. It's a slippery state. The moment you start not caring about something else, you start not caring about something else. Thing is, though, I might be in Tesco and someone who's in the same aisle as me might think to themselves, oh, that lad's just come back from the gym. I haven't. I haven't been in years. If you insist on listening to them in your own time, then we can't really stop you. Okay, let's get on with it then. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. Hope you had a good weekend. A uh, little bit of excitement uh, in our household uh, yesterday that I need to share with you. Uh, we were watching uh, the first round of the FA Cup, and trust me, that's the only football that's being discussed <laughs> on this show today. I was wondering when you said there was football <laughs> excitement in your house because it wasn't in mine either. That's no. for sure. Uh, but yes, we were watching on uh, BT Sport uh, the big game, uh, which was Eastbourne versus Blackpool. Wow. Uh, the reason we were watching that is uh, because my dad uh, works with the director. So he was allowed into the ground, which uh, at the moment is a very, very rare privilege uh, for any football fan. Imagine how amazing that must be, though, if you're like one of a handful of people that's allowed to go and actually watch a football match. Yes, a handful of people that's allowed to go and watch a football match that is on television, yeah. which means that your family, who can't see you because it's lockdown too, suddenly have a chance of checking up on Dad. Because normally if you're at a game, obviously you're, you're like just a little drop in the ocean. But yeah. I guess when you haven't got all these people sat around you, there's a higher chance of getting spotted. So great excitement in our household as we're watching the game yesterday and for 29 minutes it's uneventful. And then this happens. Where's Pappy? Where's Pappy? Where's Pappy? There he is! 
great excitement hey. from the toddler, as you can, uh, <laughs> as you can. And there he is. Uh, I've shown you the p- uh, picture, Bush. A, a very striking uh, appearance, isn't it? He, his outfit is amazing. Yeah, because <laughs> I've never actually like seen your dad before no. until I saw this bit on uh, on the video. And you can, you can we tweet it out. It's on Twitter now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. at Absolute Radio. Um, he looks like a time lord. He does. He He's does. got a great big kind of big kind of almost uh, uh, like something from the Road to Perdition style. <laughs> big gangster hat on and a big yeah. coat and everything as well. It's it's an amazing outfit. It is, yeah. So the excitement of spotting him on telly yesterday. So it did, did sort of think for the first hour of the show uh, if you can share the stories of, of when you've been spotted in the background of something. Now, it might be you. You might have been spotted in the background of something. Yeah. Or maybe it was someone you know, friends or family, that you, you're watching along and then suddenly you're like, hang on a sec, that's Joe Bloggs there. I'd be very jealous because I'm going to say hand on heart, I've never I've never been in the background of anything. I'm not. Whenever we go watch Everton play we always sit in the lower Bullens which is on the same side as where the camera is so I'll ah, never be right. on never be on match of the day the way Everton are playing I don't think I'll ever watch them on match of the day again <laughs> but I'd love to you know if you've got stories right now where you've been in the background or something you don't realise how lucky you are something that appears to be coming out very clearly here is the pride that comes from spotting someone in the background it's an amazing thing Andrew here says my wife Jo was on TV at the 2012 Paralympics waving to a runner as they won a heat in the 100 metres <laughs> and also Thank God for like things like skyboxes and stuff these yeah. days. Because you'd have, you'd have had to be actually taping that to be able to do a spot from back in the day. Do you know what I mean? Speaking of that, uh, of the skybox, Darren says, my old man and my sister Tammy were regulars on the Sky Premier League adverts five years ago. Is that them walking down the centre of the yeah, street, I think? that kind of thing, On yeah. the way to a game. Speaking of football, I, I, I talk about my friend Iggy, Neil McGonagall quite a bit on this show. God bless him, he's a right character. Uh, but this is a photo, I think, in the, in the Liverpool Echo, but uh, there was like an iconic picture of him uh, a lot younger, kissing the turf at Goodison Park. You remember we stayed up <laughs> under interesting circumstances against Wimbledon? Yes, yes. That game, that was Iggy. Uh, Rob says, uh, I'm Robin Sheffield. I was in the background of an episode of How to Look Good Naked. <laughs> he says, be grateful the show wasn't about me. And he adds one further, <laughs> making my eyes water here, I don't look good naked. Thanks, Rob. Stop texting. Um, Derry says, a friend of mine pulled a sickie from work a few years ago. Boss caught him on TV at the Celtic versus Juventus game and had a go at him. Showed him the proof, the other picture on his phone from his Skybox. That's the other side of it, you see. Yin and yang, isn't it? There's there's benefits and drawbacks to this. Tom in Lennington Spa says, Bush and Richie, my brother and I were near the front on centre court at Wimbledon in 2006. Maria Sharapova was playing when a streaker ran on. The next day it was covered in the Daily Mail and my brother was pictured in the photo between the streaker's legs. <laughs> which is amazing. He <laughs> says, but I was blocked by one of his legs. OK, thanks. Uh, let's speak to someone who was actually a little bit more successful. Uh, Russell, tell us what happened to you? We were at Wimbledon two years ago, lucky enough to get tickets. Men's final. I knew I had. I knew they were the fourth row, and we were just hoping that they were sort of seated um, really good behind some of the players. Mm-hmm. And as they came out, we couldn't believe we were in the fourth row. And purposely, I put a pink shirt on. So constantly throughout the game, I had uh, my phone was going off constantly in my pocket with people texting me saying. You know, we can see you on the telly. It's brilliant. Wow, so this is like taking getting spotted in the background to the next level. This is almost like pro being spotted because you've <laughs> got the outfit on to make sure that you're the one that's drawing all the attention. Absolutely, it's fantastic. And also it was the best final ever as well. So for five hours, we were on the telly. Oh, you were there for that one. That was the Roger versus uh, uh, Nadal one, yeah? Uh, Federer versus uh, uh, the other one. Oh, Djokovic. Djokovic, yeah. Federer Djokovic. I've got, got my finger on the pulse for tennis. <laughs> my wife was he was there, he couldn't even remember. <laughs> my wife was scared to eat for the whole game in case she was on the telly. Oh, that's the other thing, isn't it? They can watch you having your lunch and stuff like that as well. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. 
fantastic day out, yeah. And I've still got it on the skybox now. Amazing. Amazing. That's great. Thank you so much, fella. Cheers, fellas. Paul, tell us who you spotted. Yeah, it was um, I was sat at midnight one night in the cold winter here in London, and there's the Perth Test match going on over in the Ashes going on, and there's my younger brother sat there with a beer in his hand. Just, <laughs> and I'm watching the cricket. So- not, not, not jealous at all. Okay, so he's part of. I mean, I know nothing about cricket. That's the Barmy Army, right? It is the Barmy Army. It's the Barmy Army. And and did you know he was over there going to watch that game? No, I didn't. He wasn't with the Barmy Army, unfortunately. He was um, was sat in his own like nobby no mates. (laughs) 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 So you weren't expecting to see him. It wasn't as if like you'd you'd had a a, a, you know a heads up from him down under saying, "I'm going to the Test match today. You might want to watch me at midnight." No, no, not at all. Okay, and I just wow, and just to confirm again, he had absolutely no friends with him whatsoever. No, he was sat on his own. <laughs> there you go, brotherly rivalry. You can't beat it. <laughs> Cheers, Paul. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. No problem. Bye, bye. Uh, This radio station and this radio show is the place that people go to for guidance when it comes to what clothing to wear in certain situations. Uh, Every year, Richie and I meet at a set time in a secret location. What's the name of the committee that we've put together? HOBRA. HOBRA, which abbreviates to... The Home Time... time, uh, Office Briefing Rooms Association. It's kind of of a fluid term. (laughs) Uh, But what we do is we decide the timetable of transition from little jacket to big coats. Some people actually do that thing where they put their big coats and warm stuff into those bags and then hoover them, don't they? And yeah, suck all the air out and stick it. them on. And this this is the uh, that kind of flare in the sky for you to make that change towards a bigger coat. It's a committee that only meets twice a year. Obviously, it'll meet at some point in the spring as well to uh, reverse things from the big coat protocol to what is called the Phil Collins protocol. No jacket required. No jacket required, and that's abbreviated as well. In Spain, it's known as the Chaqueta Grande, but yes... The BCP, the Big Co Protocol, is what we wanted to talk to you, the people, about today. Uh, we have a big decision. If we're going to enact it, if we, we've actually got permission from Parliament and the Queen to activate it today. But that's half an hour or so away, and we just wanted to get a final little survey just to see how it is with you guys today. So do us a favour, let us know what you're wearing. Not in a weird way. Let us know if you've popped out today, what you've been wearing, so what level clothing you're wearing, and how you would feel about maybe the Big Coat Protocol being enacted today. Now, if I was to tell you what coat I'd been wearing today, it would somewhat kind of sway any announcement that's coming in the next half an hour or so. Okay. I will tell you what my son was wearing on his trip out in the pushchair today, and he's wearing a gilet. Oh, wow, he's very continental, isn't he, Rocco? <laughs> yeah. And like, was he all right in a gilet? He was, he's quite happy, yeah, and I dressed him as well. I and mean, we've got to bear in mind, as a toddler sat in a pushchair, you're not actually the one doing the walking, so, you know, the gilet was keeping him warm enough, and he was just sat there. Whereas my daughter, Thea, uh, was wearing a sheepskin coat like a second-hand car dealer, <laughs> so she was nicely toasty. <laughs> so that's a big coat. So, look, we, we are on the very verge of making quite a historic announcement here. Uh, on this show but just a little YouGov poll before we do that from you guys get in touch now 8 12 15 what coat have you been wearing out and about today and how do you feel about the big coat protocol being activated Julia says I put my big coat on today it was a mistake it's too mild there you go people we just want to hear your feelings about this Matt uh, Lightwater says guys I'm still rocking my gilet Rocco had a gilet on earlier on on a similar note two weeks back I have to give in to our yearly heating strategy meeting when the important decisions are made about timings of the central heating going on in the house 
It's another important it discussion, is. that one. Darren says, I wore my big coat today, but I've sweated cobs as a result. Look, we're, we're, it's really useful to, to see all this feedback. I'm Louise Easton. We now need to cross live to central London for an important press conference as Bush and Ritchie from Absolute Radio's Home Time Show are about to address reporters from the steps of One Golden Square with an important announcement. Good evening, everybody, and thank you for coming. We'd like to make a brief statement regarding the outcome of talks that have taken place this weekend by the Home Time Emergency Planning Committee, HOBRA. Uh, we can confirm that today, November 9th, 2020, sees the activation of the Home Time Big Coat Protocol. The last seven days, we have seen temperatures drop to close to zero overnight, and despite a slight warming over the weekend, we've taken the decision to invoke heavier outer clothing from midnight tonight until spring. We recognise this isn't a decision that will meet with universal agreement with parts of the UK being of a hardier disposition than others, but we hope this will be a decision that brings unity rather than division. With it being cold and with us all having places to go, we will now take a few quick questions. Jessica Roberts from 66 News. I'm just wondering, do I need to wear a big coat? No, the ruling merely states that it's now acceptable to. Should you wish to just go out with a light jacket, that is allowed. It's just not advised. Jim Johnson, Daily News. Why midnight tonight? Why not now? It wouldn't be fair to put people in a position where we're telling them to suddenly wear a big coat without sufficient warning, which is why midnight tonight is when the rules change. How will I find out when it's time to put the big coat away again? Well, that won't be any time soon, uh, but only by listening to the Home Time Show. OK, no further questions. Thank you very much. And there we have it, the Big Coat Protocol officially activated today, Monday the 9th of November. As with any walk of life, there are deniers of things. Uh, Jim in Canterbury, obviously, uh, is uh, a big coat protocol denier. He says, I'm wearing shorts and T-shirt while uh, sitting in my bivvy fishing. No need for my big coat until January. I think he's, uh, he's cutting his nose off to spite his face. Uh, this one says, boys, it's far too early to instigate big coat protocol. It's been up to 15 degrees today. BCP needs to be under 10 degrees or lower. He's trying to put a hard actual figure on it, which I think is unfair. Can't do that. The decision's been made. Uh, let's speak to uh, Paul. What are your thoughts where you are, Paul? Oh, it's crazy. Um, I, 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 I get it with the, uh, with the coats. That's all good. But two people in my local place, they've uh, started wearing shorts and T-shirt and flip-flops. They must not have got the uh, memo for spring. Do you know, I, I feel like people, got... there's a few of these people, we're getting messages into the show about people walking around, uh, I'd say provocatively, in yeah. shorts and flip-flops. They're almost like winter deniers, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? They're not, exactly. they're, not, they're not willing to accept that times have moved on. It's nearly winter now. Yeah, and I, and I think they're in a different time zone. They must think they're in sort of some sort of springtime, but it's definitely not the case. Paul, I'm going to take a phrase from uh, a previous time, but as a home-time listener, you need to do your duty, and the next time you see people like this, wind down your window, let them know, Big Coat Protocol. I might even shoot them as well. But you could be our Big Coat Protocol representative for the village of Melksham Vasey. 
happy days. Yeah, happy to be so. Thank you, Paul. Take care. Cheers, Paul. Yes. Uh, Fitzo says, I declared weeks ago I went rogue. Look, don't bro- brag about it, all right? It's official right now. We're aware that some people, there that they do this kind of thing. You can't go early, though. That, that's just not how this works. So, uh, actually, I'm afraid you've incurred a fine. Uh, Andy says, what the hell, guys? I've just been to pick up the kids from school and I'm in shorts. And he adds, and he's turning the old kind of uh, wives' tale phrase against us. Invoke the big coat protocol now and you won't feel the benefit when it gets cold. <laughs> Uh, the reaction's coming in. We've got Beth on the line. Beth, what do you think about this whole thing that we've activated it? Um, I know. I think it's too. I think it's too warm still. I mean, it's 15 degrees down here where I am, and I have been in. A, I am in my shorts and a t-shirt. Why? What, what have you been doing? How have you gone and experienced all this? Um, well, mostly walking the dog. Just I don't know, doing odd. Well, not so many odd jobs because it's locked down. But like visiting my nan, going to the shops. Shorts and T-shirt. <laughs> You've been out walking a dog in in shorts and T-shirts. It's not Miami. It's not Miami Vice, Beth. All right, swanning around, no, just getting off your boat warm. in your deck shoes. It's not cold though. Can I ask you a question about dogs? I've seen some people with dogs in what appear to be little jackets and jumpers. Maybe <laughs> dogs need their own big coat protocol. Would you ever? What's your dog called? And would you ever put it in a coat? Um, my dog is called Dutch, and I have. Uh, I used to work on a farm, and it was getting really freezing cold. And occasionally, I did put him in a coat, but only like when it was like freezing, snowing, you know, like that, like minus. Okay. Outside. So, so here's the question: Are you more likely to put the dog in a coat before you put yourself in a coat? Um, no, actually. <laughs> OK, so we're getting some kind of... Uh, there's the standards here, and we appreciate that. Which That's the whole point of this survey. Absolute radio. Uh, so as you all know through listening uh, to this show, I'm an NFL fan, and I always try and record the highlights during the week and then watch them. You do the same with Match of the Day, don't you? You have Match I of the do. Day. Just, and have it in bits during yeah, the week. Just won't be this week. Yeah, exactly. Me neither, actually. Uh, anyway, I couldn't understand why my NFL highlights weren't downloading or working. I was like, what is going on? Did a bit of research, and I went to this... The, on your Skybox, they've got this thing where you can order everything that's been recorded uh, in kind of descending order from the biggest amount of gigabytes to the least. And it suddenly all became clear to me. I could not believe this. My other half, Katie, had recorded... 98 episodes of Four in a Bed. <laughs> you know that one where people who own a B&B go and stay at each other's B&Bs and then wind each other up by not yep. putting enough money for the room and they're having a fight at the end of the car park? Yep. 98 episodes of it, right? I took a photo of the actual Skybox, so I couldn't believe it. So that's 236 gigabytes. And then below that, 45 episodes of Hollywood Medium. No. She recorded 100 gigabytes. Then it gets worse, 100 gigs of Dress to Impress. That's 26 episodes. <laughs> uh, the Kardashians are in there as well. Keeping up with the Kardashians, 21 episodes of that. <laughs> And it's just like a dirty secret in our house. We've had to go through one by one and delete these things. But I thought, cards on the table, final hour of the show, bit of a challenge. Can you beat that 98 episodes of Four in a Bed for an excessive number of one show taped? It won't surprise you to hear, I run quite a rule over I can the... imagine. <laughs> a weekly audit. <laughs> um, so I think that I think there's two episodes outstanding of Channel 5's uh, Fly on the Wall series of Paddington that needs to be watched. Uh, that's the station, not the bed. Oh, I was going to say it's 50-50. <laughs> so we could record all sorts on our box. We're, we're fine. So you, in terms of your email,
emails and stuff. Like cause our producer Adem has always got nothing in his inbox, which mm-hmm. is an amazing thing. He's always up to speed. Are you quite good with having a, a clear out of that stuff? I, I ashamedly, it would be three scrolls of the mouse wheel at the moment. I've got far too many in there. That's still not bad though. I mean, I, I don't even want to look at mine. It's absolutely terrible. I wonder if these two things are connected. You know, uh, clean skybox, yes. clean happy mind. Who knows? But have a little look at what you've got on your your skybox at the moment. Can you beat ninety eight episodes of Four in a Bed <laughs> for an ex- excessive number of one show tapes? Four hundred and two gig is one hundred and sixty seven episodes of Bones. <laughs> it's using up eighty two percent of his box. But do you know what's even weirder? Right, the picture he sent showing us this evidence underneath six episodes recorded of BBC Breakfast. What is he doing there? Who's who's recording an entire episode, let alone six of them, of BBC Breakfast? It's like recording a telephone or something like that. <laughs> Children in needs. What are you doing? Taping the whole thing. Owen says, uh, actually, I'm a big fan of four in the bed myself. So much so, any time I go into a hotel room, I do the thing, finger along the top of the door frame manoeuvre. Hashtag uh, d- dust check. That's not that's encouraging, Kate. We don't need messages <laughs> like that. Uh, Jazzy says, I've got 98 episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, 41 episodes of Stargate. Uh, I'm so ashamed of the recommendations on my Sky Q box. Sam, what is the big crime that you need to admit to? It's not my recording shame, it's my husband's. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm very upfront with that fact. <laughs> it is because it's 113 episodes of Wheeler Dealers. <laughs> <laughs> now, I've never seen Wheeler Dealer before. Just tell us a little bit about Wheeler Dealers. What is it? It's a, a programme where they buy cars, they do them up, and they sell them for a profit. Brilliant. This <laughs> is televised auto trader, basically. <laughs> it is, because the programme did start off as an auto trader-style programme with Mike Brewer as a host. All right, OK, cool. So why, what's the name of your husband? Dave. Dave. So Dave loves this kind of stuff. What, what's your thing on the Skybox that you've recorded? Just, in, you know, for complete transparency here. Um, I like crime programmes, so uh, Crime and Investigation Channel, that will be anything to do with murder. Stuff like 50 Ways to Bump Off Your Husband, that kind of thing. That would definitely be top of my list, yes. There you go. (laughs) Nice to speak to you, mate. Take care. Thanks, Sam. Thank you. Uh, Chris Milhouse, this blows my mind, right? And uh, as we dive into it, you'll realise why. He says 375 episodes of NCIS Los Angeles have been recorded. (laughs) There's only been 216 made. Wow, so there's like phantom episodes going on. (laughs) Where are they getting them from? Uh, Sarah Jane says, my son's obsessed with how it's made. Uh, and she sent in a photo of the, her their Sky recording box, 276.3 gigabytes. That is 222 episodes, and they're 97% full on that box. Don't delete it, though, because I'd love to watch those. <laughs> I love that kind of programme. I'll come round. You get six months to go through that lot. It's 276 gig. The Home Time Podcast with Bush and Richie. If you're listening, it's probably not home time anymore, but we can't be bothered to think of a new name. Absolute radio. So as we close, um, it's just a question I want to ask you. Uh Um, Just harking back to uh, where we started uh, on this uh, podcast journey tonight. If I turned up tomorrow Mm -hmm. at work uh, and I am wearing a pair of long football socks over my knees, I'm wearing shorts with netting in so I don't have pants on underneath, Uh, I'm wearing a football training top, how are you? I think that's good. I feel, I feel like Richie's joined me. We're, we're together on this. One thing we forgot to mention earlier on, this is one of the other things, is that there's no one else in the building. 
<laughs> like normally you would you would have to present a front of uh, uh, respectability because you yeah. might bump into our boss or yeah. the, our boss's boss. It's just us lot in here. It's like being on an oil rig. Correct. There is no one else in the building. You're right. But what it does show, it doesn't. It's not about impressing people that you don't know who they are. It shows what your level of respect is for the likes of myself and our producer. Well, I'm glad we're all clear because I have no respect <laughs> for either of you two whatsoever. <laughs> One, two, three, four. Bush and Richie's podcast. It is now over. Bush and Richie's podcast. It is now over. Let me hear you say. Bush and Richie's podcast. It is now over. Bush and Richie's podcast. It is now over. It's over. It's over. It's done.